In today's episode, we unravel the secrets to mastering the art of a perfect apology. Join me as we explore the psychology behind sincere apologies and uncover powerful strategies to mend relationships and foster deeper connections. Whether you're seeking reconciliation in personal or professional realms, this episode will help you develop the skills to make amends and forge a path towards healing. I'm Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Welcome back to episode number 33. Sorry, not sorry. The art of mastering the perfect apology. Today we're going to talk about mental health and wellness in relationships. I'm your host, Kendra Nielsen, and I never say that, but I thought I'd try it out for those of you that are new, which according to my stats is increasing daily. So thank you for coming to listen and welcome to the show. Before I start, I want to share a quick review by L.A. White 21, and she said, Short, helpful, and fun. Loving the information Kendra provides about life and mental health. You can tell she's a friendly, intelligent person who's been there and helped others through it. Much needed info and practical tips to help ourselves and our loved ones navigate such a chaotic world. Thank you for your review and for your kind words. I truly, deeply, sincerely appreciate all of your reviews, and it really does make a big impact. So thanks for taking the time to do that. I hope you know how small things like this really do matter. Once, when I worked as an English tutor to pay for my master's degree, I got one single negative review from a mom that said, I look tired. Mind you, it was like 3.30 or 4.30 in the morning our time, so I probably was. <laughs> and I think she gave me a one-star out of five-star reviews. And I had dozens of five-star reviews, but for that one comment, it made my bookings plummet. And I was not booked nearly as much as a tutor for a while because of that. So thank you for being a builder instead. Thank you for counteracting any negativity out there, because, again, it matters. Now, for an extra little addition, I found a funny little video clip of kids attempting apologies that I thought would go well with the topic of today, and it's pretty priceless and adorable, so check out the show notes for more on that after this episode. Now, on to apologies. I love these two quotes that talk about apologies. The first one is unknown, who it's by. But it says, you can apologize over and over, 
But if your actions don't change, the words become meaningless. So it's about action, right? That is a big part that I don't think we think about very often in apologies. The second one is apologies aren't meant to change the past. They are meant to change the future. And that's by Kevin Hancock. Again, sort of similar, but I just love that. They are meant to change the future and not the past. Apologizing is not just about saying sorry. It's about acknowledging the impact of our actions on the other person's emotions and well-being. This can be a spouse. This can be anyone. This can be a friend. It depends on who you are as my listeners. I keep thinking that my average listener is generally going to be a middle-aged mom, but I'm finding more and more that that is not the case, which actually makes me really excited. I still have a lot of middle-aged moms. I don't even know if I like that term, (laughs) middle-aged, but wonderful moms out there. But I'm finding I have a lot more teens than I thought, and I also have a lot more men than I expected. And people that have never been married, they don't have kids. So I accept you all, and I'm very grateful that you are here. And I hope that you can apply all these things to yourself, even if I might reference, say, motherhood or even um, being a Latter-day Saint or any of these things, because the principles are very much the same. So thank you for showing up. Back to apologies. So a genuine apology requires empathy and vulnerability. Are those things that you struggle with or have had a hard time accessing in the past? Apologies are essential for mental health and wellness and relationships because they allow both parties to express their feelings and have their experiences validated. An effective apology involves taking responsibility for our actions. I'm going to hit a few points right here. So number one, taking responsibility for our actions. Number two, showing remorse and making And then number three, making amends. When done sincerely, it can help heal emotional wounds and foster trust. So if we're trying to help people heal and we're trying to foster trust, then an apology is probably due, right? And I know that's easier said than done for many of us out there. And I'm talking to myself here. There is a reason I am doing this episode. This does not come very easily to me, just so you know. I've worked with this one couple for quite a while, and I was just talking to them about apologies. When we explored what apologies look like, they confessed that one of them rarely apologizes, and then when that one does, it's somewhat aggressive and insincere. Can you relate to any of that? Maybe that's you. Maybe you. it's hard for you to even say, oh, I'm not aggressive or anything, but you come off a little strong. Or maybe it is your spouse or your sibling or your best friend, whoever it is. Just imagine for a minute what your apologies typically look like in your life. Maybe you don't really do it very often. Or when you do, you don't feel like they're very effective. Well, do you have that visual of what your apologies look like? I want you to hold on to that for a minute, that visual. What are the key elements of an effective apology? There are a few crucial elements to keep in mind when I talk about this. First, be specific about what you're apologizing for. Avoid making excuses or being vague. Can I just tell you? Sorry, just a quick side note. I still hate saying the word vague 
it is so hard for my mouth because I'm from Wisconsin and they make, and you get made fun of for saying things like bagel, plague, or bag, which I try to change my tongue to say those because in Wisconsin we say, well, I guess you do here too, but we would say flag, bag, those things, but you don't do it for everything. Like you don't do it for bagel or plague or vague. You just pick and choose which ones are going to have the hard A. So, <laughs> sorry that I'm digressing so much, but I just really wanted you to know that I hate saying vague and bagel and plague. <laughs> so, back to what I was saying. Instead, identify the behavior that caused the harm. Express genuine remorse after that for the pain that you caused. So you can own your part. You're not owning their part, but you are owning your part. Let the other person know that you understand the impact of your actions on their emotions. Is that hard for you? Because, it, like I said, that's hard for me. If you can't do this sincerely without choking on your words at first, and I'll be the first to admit again that this is me, not always, but often, then take a little time without shame until you can show some sincere humility and regret. Another vital aspect is to validate your partner's feelings. Empathize with their emotional experience, even if you did not intend on hurting them. Everyone's emotions are valid, and recognizing that strengthens that bond. It really is essential to communicate your commitment to change and to make amends. Show that you're willing to take the necessary steps to prevent the same issue from happening in the future. So again, think about that visual I asked you to bring to mind of your own apologies. In your apologies, do you empathize? Even if you didn't intend on hurting them? Because I really don't think most of us intend on hurting each other. Did you validate their feelings? Did you communicate what you're willing to change and how you are going to make amends? Think about those. In those times you can recall where you have apologized, what did it look like for you? And how could you improve by that 1%? What are some common roadblocks to genuinely apologizing? One common roadblock is defensiveness. People might feel attacked when confronted with their mistakes, leading them to become defensive rather than acknowledging their behavior. So in these situations, active listening and empathy really do play a crucial role. So help the other person feel heard and understood so that they're more open to the idea of an apology. Well, how can we navigate through that defensiveness? We can practice patience and we can avoid communicating when we're activated, like I mentioned just a little bit ago. Apologize when you're ready and take that break if needed. Again, like I talked about a second ago. Remember, an apology is not an admission of weakness, but it's a sign of emotional intelligence and strength. Take some time to process your feelings before offering an apology. Apologize with sincerity rather than rushing through the process. Or the apology is going to feel hollow and it's going to feel inauthentic or fake. And that might lead to further disconnection. So really try to be sincere because that is a vital part of the process. So once an apology is given and accepted, how can we heal and rebuild trust in the relationship again? Again, whether that's a romantic relationship or a friendship or whatever that is. 
Well, the healing process takes time and effort from both parties. So having open and honest communication is vital during this stage. Really continue validating each other's emotions and be supportive in your actions. Show that you're committed to personal growth and positive changes. I've mentioned this a few different times, but getting therapy is also really helpful in rebuilding trust and fostering those deeper connections if you feel like that's an important step and you're just staying stuck, that might be something to consider. Recently, my husband and I got into a disagreement, and I don't even remember all of it, which is kind of funny, because it's been an ordeal for several days now, it feels like, in the limited time that we're able to talk. And I can see now, in hindsight, where we went wrong, and I'm going to share some of these things with you, because hopefully they will help you as well. Number one is, well, I'm going to start, I wouldn't normally do this, but it's easier for me to sometimes think about the other side first. Um, I'm going to start with his side first, what I felt like I needed. Um, I think when he, when he brought some issues up that he had, he shared several things, but he did it with a lot of intensity. And so I did end up getting defensive and I felt attacked. There's something in, I might have shared this before, but in in emotionally focused therapy called the infinity loop. And it's when someone, often, it's not always, but somebody is the pursuer and somebody is the withdrawer. And the more that somebody pursues and the more aggressive they get about that, not like an abusive way, but just more intense, the more the withdrawer withdraws and shuts down and gets quiet And those are pretty typical roles to have a pursuer and a withdrawer. But you can also have two pursuers or two withdrawers. It just depends. But in our case, he's often the pursuer and I'm often the withdrawer in bigger conflict or past dances that we've had. By dances, I just mean patterns. This is what was kind of happening in this argument. And we haven't had one of these for a while in this way. We've worked through a lot of those things and haven't gone back to old patterns. But for whatever reason, we were going back to that space and I felt like he was pursuing too intensely and that was making it easier for me to shut down. Now, there were two other things that happened that really made it difficult for me to open up. He initially started with just one thing, but the more that he saw that I was really trying to listen and well, at least I think, um, talk through it instead of withdrawing, he just started to open up that can of like, oh, and then there's this. And then like a couple hours later, it was like all one conversation through several hours and I think even several days, um, maybe not days, but we came back to that argument a few different times. And by the end of it, Not in his mind, but in my mind, there was like this laundry list of offenses and it just felt so big and so heavy and so intense for me when it really could have just been about that one thing that was present in the moment and that could have been addressed and apologized for and worked through. It just felt like, wow, there's so many things that are really upset. And he had been this volcano that kind of erupted instead of bringing things up one by one as they came up and managing them in that way. I'm going to recap that. So it was a little too intense within, with his pursuing. It was too many things at once. And another thing that we learn in couples therapy, because I've done a lot of couples therapy training, 
is to keep it in the present. So I kind of mentioned that briefly, but you're not bringing up all these past sins in a sense, all these things that you did this one time that really upset me. I felt like it was getting, it was focusing more on the past. And so it was really hard to, I felt like I needed to defend myself. And so we were kind of getting stuck a lot. So on my end, that's what was happening. And on his end, he felt like I was shutting down, which I was <laughs> as time went on. And that I wasn't validating him or, and he never said this, but not exactly apologizing in the way that I was willing to um, sincerely show how I was going to change my behavior. And for me in that, I think I felt overwhelmed by all of the things. Like I didn't even know where to start. So I'm not trying to justify that behavior, but I, I think that's where I was at. So you can see in this conflict, there's like a butting of heads here. And both parties are not wrong. It's just the approach is the problem and the pattern that is the problem. So hopefully that makes sense and that's something that you can relate to. As you recognize that two therapists being married does not equal perfect marriage, but actually sometimes creates more problems because of all of the knowledge that we have about mental health and wellness. And it sometimes can complicate things. All right, now I want to teach you a little bit more about apologizing now that you can have that experience and hopefully your own to kind of go by as we review some of these concepts. Let's talk about the long-term impact of effective apologies on relationships, like I just mentioned with my husband. When both people consistently practice effective apologies, it creates a culture of emotional safety and vulnerability. If you don't feel like there are those effective apologies, it can be harder and harder to be open and vulnerable. So this can lead to intimacy issues. And I'm not talking about just physical intimacy here. If you really want to have greater fulfillment and deeper connection, so this is really vital. As people grow and evolve, they are going to make mistakes, but knowing how to apologize and repair the emotional bond is a powerful tool for maintaining a healthy and happy relationship. Okay, now I'm going to do a quick rapid fire review using different words so that this will be cemented into your brain. Because like you, I also need to review proper apologies because I'm not as great at it as I thought I was. And maybe you have identified already a few areas that you can improve like I have. For example, I can do a lot better when it comes to not making excuses and validating my husband more when he comes to me about a problem. I can also practice apologizing to my kids without distractions and looking them in the eye or even affectionately touching them while I do so if they're open to it. I didn't mention these tips before, but I found them to be really helpful in my family. Offering an apology means expressing remorse for your actions and involves taking thoughtful accountability for your behavior as well as making positive changes for the future. It helps in not only mending a strained relationship, but it also shows ownership and respect for the other person involved. Make sure that you reflect on these things. Take the time to consider how your actions have contributed to your problem. Put yourself in the other person's shoes and do some perspective taking here. Consider how your behavior might have affected their emotions, even if you felt like you had pure intentions. Take responsibility. Sincerely say, I'm sorry, or something similar to that, and show that you have regret. Clearly express that apology and be specific about what you're apologizing for. For example, you might say, 
I apologize for running off during our fight or our argument. It was really unfair and I shouldn't have done that. Avoid making excuses or trying to justify your behavior. This is a big one that I get stuck on sometimes. Instead, take full responsibility for your actions without deflecting blame onto external factors. So take full responsibility for your side of the street without blaming others or other factors. This can be really hard. And for me, I don't think I ever really understood this concept until a few years ago, honestly. I think that I thought I was just explaining my reasons and not justifying my behavior. But now I'm really trying to bite my tongue and stop myself from saying, I'm sorry, but justifications usually follow buts. I kind of feel like that needs to be a shirt or something. Justifications usually follow buts. Anyway. (laughs) The next part, listen and improve. Allow the other person to respond without interrupting them. Are you an interrupter? That's, I think, actually kind of an easy one to work on because it's, it's a little more obvious than some of the more subtle ones. Understand that forgiveness can take time and you can't control if the other party is going to forgive you or not or ever forgive you, really. Discuss the changes you plan to make so that you don't repeat the same problem in the future. This can also be hard because it requires humility. My stepdad was often a blamer and a finger pointer, so I still notice after all these years that when I'm attempting an apology, there's this like iron stubbornness in me sometimes that wants to resist because my child self hated those unfair accusations, what felt unfair to me anyway. I hated that it felt like I was betraying myself to keep the peace and apologize. So now when I try to apologize, it feels a little more historical and a little bit trauma-laced. I don't know if you've ever noticed something like that before with you, but it's almost like I'm clenching my teeth through the entire thing and I'm eager to run away as soon as possible. I'm painting the picture that I'm like this super stubborn, really apology resistant person. Actually, I'm not really like that with my kids or friends or (laughs) now that I think about it, I'm mostly just this way with my husband. I think it's, that's pretty normal, though. The person that's the closest to you and sees your shadows the most, you probably have the most reason to apologize to them. <laughs> so there's more of this history of resistance sometime with, in that relationship. So again, if you think therapists are baggage-free, this is a perfect example of that not being the case. My name is Kendra Nielsen, and I struggle with proper apologies. These episodes don't just teach you, but they help me reach my full potential, even when it's way down deep in there. (laughs) Last but not least, here are a few myths. Myth number one, love means never having to say you're sorry. I'm sorry, guys, but that is crap. Can I say crap on this episode? That is just not true. Apologies are particularly crucial in deeper relationships. Because it communicates that you care and that it matters to you to repair any of that disconnection. The second myth is apologizing is as simple as saying I'm sorry. Also, sorry to say it again, crap. A complete apology goes beyond saying I'm sorry. 
So this is really about that genuine remorse. It's about rectifying the situation. It's about making sure that the problem doesn't return by just like avoiding it or anything like that. So this is a difficult step and it really can't be faked. I really have tried, <laughs> probably more unconsciously tried. Those words sometimes they're so hard to say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And just leave it at that. Like I said, no buts. Justification follows buts. Is that what I said the t-shirts would say? <laughs> and then the last one, the last myth. Apologizing makes you look weak. The reality is that it shows strength and maturity. When you are willing to admit your mistakes to all the parties involved, people respect you more and you can also respect yourself more. I'm going to try to remember that the next time I'm struggling with an apology. I hope this will resonate with you too and that you can own your parts. You can be humble enough to change your past behaviors that really haven't served you or your relationships. I just want to end with two last quotes. The first one is, A genuine apology takes ownership of the burden we placed on another that they should never have had to bear. And that's by Melody McAllister. I'm going to read it one more time. A genuine apology takes ownership of the burden we placed on another that they should never have had to bear. And again, it's not like we're intentionally hurting people for the most part, but when we do, we make amends. And then the last quote says, The art of a sincere and heartfelt apology is one of the greatest skills you will ever learn. And that's by Jeanette LeBlanc. One of the greatest skills. I'm trying to actually teach my kids that because... I don't want them to struggle like I did, truly. And I am happy to report that my kids are getting pretty good at it. I think I have one that struggles with it a bit more like I do. <laughs> but for the most part, oh, there's nothing that makes my mama heart melt more than my kids owning their part and giving a simple, humble apology. I would be willing to do anything for them when I hear them do that. And I know it's true for your loved ones as well. Hearts soften when we offer humble apologies. All right, my friends, that is all I have for today. I just want to end with the announcement for the two things. This time I'm going to mix it up. First, I'm going to talk about the retreats. I have a women's retreat in Costa Rica from June 16th to the 22nd of 2024. And... Uh, at the time that this is airing, I believe I now have nine spots left. And for my men's retreat, I'm not completely certain, but I think we, s we have 11 spots. Please sign up now. Send off this information to other people. You can refer them to my website under services. It shows all the different things that we are offering so you can go to retreats and you can sign up there but it is going to be completely amazing it's an adventure and wellness retreat so there's going to be that restoration with meditation with yoga with some minimal instruction because it's not meant to spend a lot of time educating but to be reporting back and sharing the gains and the growth that have occurred in your life and also 
to have a little bit of training on how to create greater fulfillment in your life. And then the other part of it is really about play and restoration and immersing yourself in a culture where you can move and connect and grow together. So we're going to do that through amazing things like horseback riding and waterfall hikes and a 1,500-foot slide through the jungle and, oh my goodness, so many things. Snorkeling and handling sea creatures like a pufferfish and a blowfish and starfish, depending on what is there at the time. Um, I saw many sea turtles and I can show you where those are. I'm super excited about that if they're still there next year. All of these things, I'm so excited that you're going to be a part of it. There's so much more to like the men's retreat is doing a lot of actually the women's can as well. My husband said they could join and do spearfishing and he's he's also teaching diving like free diving. So lots of different things. You can take surf lessons or e-foiling, which is kind of like flying on a surfboard. Hard to explain, but <laughs> I can explain it later. Lots of amazing things like that. And best of all, it's in an incredible, incredible place with the most amazing views. A private villa with a private staff that means a private chef, that means private maid, and that's even a private bartender that makes you awesome virgin drinks that are cold and delicious and fantastic. I said this was going to be succinct and it's not, but <laughs> check out the video for more details. And last but not least, very quickly, I just want to share about the 12-week wellness program called Igniting Life. This will help you get back on track and create greater structure and accountability and help you elevate your mental health and wellness and your spirituality. You're only going to be paying 10% of what the program is worth. So sign up for that now on fulfillmenttherapy.org or email me with any questions. Please invest in yourself, my friends. I love doing this. I am not going to give you anything that I haven't put my full heart and soul into and developed in a way that will help people reach greater heights and level up and become their best selves. It works if you do the work, I promise you. So sign up now and that is all I promise that I have for today. I will see you back here soon. Take care my friends and have a fantastic week. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcast. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.